This is the Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. from Boston. Biscuit, all I know is if that pickleball game was some sort of secret audition, there is no way you're getting a call back, kid. Yeah, you won the tournament, but you left Leonardo DiCaprio's house before the after-party celebration and to go get a haircut. Shit, I'd be surprised if they haven't men in blacked you already to forget you ever even heard the name Leo. You'll have to get a fucking haircut. That's a rookie move, kid. Later. My wife grew up in a small town on Lake Erie, upstate New York, about 45 minutes from Buffalo. And her best friend lives up there with her husband in a little community right on the lake. Really cool in the summertime. It's so much fun to hang out at their place, like right on the lake. And every year they have a kick-ass 4th of July party. So I miss it this year. <clears throat> and we get to town at the end of the summer and I'm talking with him. And I'm like, oh, how was the party? He goes, dude, check out, I'll show you a photo, check out who was hanging out all night at my house with no shirt on, and he tried to steal my booze for his limo. And then he shows me a photo. Now, I don't know how well you know. You know who the Gronk is? uh, Rob Gronkowski, the tight end for the Patriots? It's fucking the Gronk. New England's Rob Gronkowski, who's having a breakout year. He caught two TDs against the Redskins to give him 15 for the season, an NFL record for tight ends. What the fuck is this? And he goes, yeah, man, he's really good friends with one of the four boys that lives, uh, you know, whose dad lives next door. So he came with another one of his brothers, the Gronk did, and his other brother plays for, uh, I think, the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. So cut to, they leave, you know, party ends and stuff. Uh, the wife takes over the story. She goes, yeah, I go out in the morning at 7.30 in the morning to, like, start to clean up. I got a cup of coffee. Gronkowski's uh, sleeping in their hammock. That's that's where he... <laughs> now, Jeremy, my buddy, goes, he goes, yeah, the brother who plays for the Browns, he goes, he went and got a hotel room at the Sheridan right around the corner. He goes, but this one is so nuts and, like, still just a kid. I go, bro, you got the greatest tight end that may have ever lived sleeping in a hammock on your backyard. He goes, yeah, it was crazy, right? So, now this is the question I wanted to ask, which is kind of trippy. He goes, so, you know, the, he goes, we're playing horseshoes, and I'm talking to the brother who plays for the Browns. As I said, I think it's the Browns. And they have another brother that plays in the California Angels baseball organization. I don't know if he's in the pros yet. And then they have another brother who's a tight end of something or really good on, like, Oklahoma State University. So my buddy goes to him, wow, man, it's like every one of you guys like six four, six five, chiseled. And the dude goes, yeah, man, my dad, um, so the Gronkowski's father, mm-hmm. many times has been offered thousands of dollars for sperm. Right? Now, what the? Now, my question <laughs> is this. What if your old man came to you one day and was like, so uh, someone offered me 50 grand for my sperm because I'm Sebastian Maniscalco's dad. This is even an issue. My my this my dad would be jerking off into cups <laughs> left and right. Mom.
Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> you think so, man? Can you? What, is it? Is it the pro? Is the question? Do I have a problem? The question with is, my would you be like that, man? It's like you know. Yeah, I think it's a little tacky that you like you know. At this age, trying to make more of me. At this age, and yeah. where my father is in his life right now, he would be happy to do this. Really? Someone give him fifty grand. The guy is sixty-seven, and he ain't gonna retire. He is riddled with injuries. He's cutting hair almost like on one leg. Really? He's got no cartilage in his shoulder, but he's got to work. He he has to work for for money. So if somebody came up to him, listen, we want to make a comedian out of your sperm. <laughs> no problem. If somebody came up to you and asked you for your sperm, yeah, would you do it? Oh, for fifty thousand? Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Twenty grand. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking five cash. Five cash, right? Why not? To be quite honest with you, I did it for nothing at the goddamn, uh, you know, fertility clinic once. Shit. Imagine I got ten grand for that. Isn't that unbelievable, though, that the, these kids are such athletes that it's a feasible question? Like, I would have never even thought that was even right? possible. Just to come up. And, and what about the mother? Uh, apparently the mother's not a... Uh, she's small and short, so they think it's all about the dad because he played some football or something as well. Jeez, man. Unbelievable. So what are they doing? Breeding athletes? I mean, what, what do you do when you get sperm? Do you go, I want sperm from a, like a, a gorilla? Like a, an athlete? Like, you get to pick your sperm? When you go in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you get to say, I don't want sperm from a weak man. I want strong, athletic sperm. Do you get to do that? Do you know? I mean, I don't want sperm... Of someone like some mom that had a girl that was like, you know, 6'3". I saw like a 6'3 girl in the mall in Minnesota the other day. And she was kind of pretty and everything, but 6'3 is just too tall for a chick, dude. It's always an issue. Every time I have my daughter with me, every time someone would be like, Ho-ho! She's a tall one. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's too tall, what do you think, man? I don't know, I find it. I don't, I don't mind. 6'3", man? 6'3", well, is maybe a little too big. Yeah, 6'3", is like fucking flagpole, man. You know what? Would you be proud if your daughter could dunk? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you came home and she's like, Dad, watch this, would you be like, Wow, that's great, or would you be like, Jesus Christ, what am I raising over here? <laughs> <laughs> Some ladies love Pete Corielli. Girl, I've seen him before. Girl, he is fine. I like to rush that. Do he got a girlfriend? Some ladies don't. Would that slow you ladies down? Your night, your nighttime activities. If there was a man in your neighborhood grabbing ass. No? That wouldn't I hear you. The other lady won't even look at me. So disgusted she is with me. She's like, I'm not even going to ask you this question. <laughs> I tell you, lady, you'll go to grab your ass, you'll get frostbite, huh? <laughs> the Pete and Sebastian Show.
For anyone tuning in, this is Sebastian Maniscalco. Recently took a visit with his girlfriend up to her family's in North Carolina, and he was preparing to ask her family if he could ask their daughter's hand in marriage. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Can we get some Gone with the Wind music going there? All right. Uh, so anyway... I the last day I still hasn't been asked. I I have to ask questions in between. Do you sleep in the same room as your girlfriend when you're in the? Where are you, by the way? Are you in her family's house, a getaway yeah. house, or we're in the? Everybody's in. There's like uh, the parents are in the house, and there's about four other couples in the house. The parents own the house, or is it a vacation house? Parents own the home. And now you two share a bed already. Yeah. yeah. You already share a bed. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was going to shed a tear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I break down, man. I, I, I break down in these moments. I know what I'm going to break down. Now, did you go, because if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the mom is remarried, right? Yeah, Lana's father passed away, and she has a stepfather now. So did you, did you go to the stepdad or the mom or them together? I went to the mother separate. First? First. Blood first. I respect blood that. Blood first. And then Very Italian I, of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do blood, and then we can bring in the non blood. Step, up, step out of the room. What? Step out. I got, <laughs> you're not even in the bloodline. <laughs> no, I, I thought I'd, I'd get the mother alone. Sure. And then yeah, out, of, so. out of respect... You know, the stepfather has been a father figure to her. I'd ask him separately. Yeah. It was among the Italians. It was real greaseball shit. I get the mother in the house, right right in the living room area. This is early on in the visit. This is last day. Nice. I got five hours left. Oh, wow. So she's going in the, uh, the shower. I figured Lana's going in the shower. This is the time to ask. So... Lana knew I was kind of up to something. She gets in the shower. I get the mother. I said, I said listen, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you all week. I hadn't had a chance to, to get you alone, but I need to ask you something. You know, I said, I'm in love with your daughter, and now the tears start coming, right? All right. From you? Yeah. Unbelievable. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had a chance to talk to her all week. Because you've been too busy sleeping with her daughter downstairs <laughs> to come upstairs and ask for, if it's cool if I can marry her, too. <laughs> so, I'm welling up, and I said, you know, I love, I love your daughter. And as soon as I start welling up, her brother walks in, oh, goes, Ma, look, I got a rash. And my, I go, oh, rash. <laughs> 18, 34 years old, go, take, go, go put some ointment on it. Oh, so what trumped what? You crying or the kid with the rash? No, what got her attention first? Well, the, he kind of knew something was going on. He kind of went away. And I took her in a room off to the side, shut the door. And then I just I basically told her, you know. When you were crying, <laughs> and then when you got interrupted, did you yeah. stop crying a little bit? I turned away, and I composed myself okay. again. Then you got her in another room. Yeah. And then did you continue crying? Continue cry? to cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> you couldn't even keep it together at that no. <laughs> so you break down crying. So I'm breaking Did down. she cry too? She's crying. Oh, God. thank God. Yeah, both of us, awkward. yeah. If she was not crying, I'd, I'd be like, what, what, Absolutely. do you like me? Yeah. Um, sure. So I'm crying, and I'm trying to get this out. And, uh, you know, I just said, just I'm here for your... You couldn't even get it out. No, I mean, I was, you know, I was, uh, you know it wasn't like a... It was, you know, <laughs> no, you know, I was like, listen, it, it was, 
<laughs> it wasn't weeping. Can you? Can it I was. Uh, it was. Uh, let's see if I could reenact huh. it. It was. Uh, you know. I, I really. Uh, <laughs> I really love you know your daughter and. Uh, you know. You know. You know. I cry when the the, the tears just kind of drip, just to drip yeah. off the lid. <laughs> you know. It wasn't a full blown shower. I knew it. I could feel crying moments coming on me. Right. Right. I could feel it. <laughs> Huh? When's the last time you cried? The last time I cried, man. <laughs> Gee. What? Well, I mean, what? I mean, come on. What, you got to go back in the vault? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go right away to death. I'm thinking, who died? So if, it, if nobody died, nope. you don't cry. No, it's weird. Sometimes I'll get banged up from a movie for no reason at all. There was a movie recently that actually made me cry. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, she going, of course, of course. Yeah, of course. We love you. You, you know, your relation. I mean, I got this. I can't even. Uh, we can't even air this. What? We can't. We, we can't even air this. I can't. We, we, it doesn't matter. You're assuming Joel recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the room, and she's like, "Where were you?" I said, "Nah, I was talking to my mom on the phone." She's like, "So if I go to your phone and press read dial, it's gonna be your mother's phone." I said, no, I wasn't on my phone. I was on the house phone. So I said, she's like, I'll do that on the house phone. So she's going to pick up. And she's just breaking my balls. Of course. Yeah, it's all fun. So hey. she knows. She yeah. knows. She yeah. knows what went down. And, um, you know, now the next step is uh, the ring. Now, all right. First of all, oh, my God. You better have some, uh, 10 hankies with you when you're asking to marry you. Oh, you know? yeah. No, this is going to get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get emotional. fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. I got these new, this new Russian family moved in. It's a mom, her 18-year-old daughter, her 18-year-old daughter's best friend, and the mom's friend. And the mom... Wow, that sounds great. Oh, it's a nightmare, dude. First of all, these Russians move in. And they have the biggest house within this cul-de-sac. The guy who owns, my landlord owns, like, my little bungalow. And then there's another small apartment where it's a couple that are actors. And then their small apartment is connected to this giant house. And this was the one that the guy had been having trouble renting, the biggest property within this cul-de-sac. And he finally rented it to this Russian woman. Well, I, I hear bungalow, and I hear, um, like, Beverly Hills Hotel. 
if you've been over there. That's what I'm hearing. It, I, I never we, we bungle. It's, 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 it's a guest house. Right? It's yeah. It's like a it's a guest house. It's a what? It's but a, is there a house in front of it? Yeah. Um, apparently, where I live, the big house that they just rented used to be. Uh, they used to film pornos on this property, and all the uh, film crew and actors would stay in the big house, and then they would film in my bungalow and the one next oh to me. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're, you're living in a, a porn den. I am most likely making love to my wife in the same room that Ron Jeremy bang chicks in. <laughs> it's like playing basketball for the Boston Celtics or something, man. I feel like Bill Russell's looking down on you the whole time. <laughs> but these Russians... This, they move in, and now, first of all, they have a nice view that looks down uh, that, from the hill. And instead of just enjoying the view from their window, there's an overhang. They take their couch furniture, their couch pillows and blankets, and put it out on the roof, on the overhang. And they sit out there to take in the view, but they don't pick that shit up. So when they go back inside, they constantly have blankets on the roof. Now they put the kitty litter box out there. Oh, come on. They first moved in, they had a rabbit in a cage, and they tried to put that down in a communal garden. And someone's like, if you can have a rabbit, you got to keep it up in your own property. Then they see that my wife and I have a couple of outdoor chairs down in the garden area. So they go, oh, we're going to contribute. In a Russian accent. So they go, oh, we want to add to the outdoor. We love how you guys got the outdoor area going. They took an indoor couch oh, and put trash. it. Yeah, that's, that's trash. Yeah, that's trash. Complete trash. Now, they also get the parking spot because they pay the most right in front of my apartment, right in front of my bungalow. Mine's a little bit over to the side. And Jackie, my wife, has always been like, we should have that spot. It's right in front of our place. Yeah. So uh, at 7, I mean, at like 6 o'clock in the morning of the morning, I hear a bang. I don't think twice about it. I go back to sleep. I wake up in the morning. The girl, the 18-year-old girl pulling in to, in front of my apartment, she hit the pole and part of her car broke off and, and landed on my porch. Part of her car landed on my porch. So now I, I, I throw that out, and about 9 o'clock in the morning, I see her mother looking at the car, and the girl's half, half asleep, and she comes out, and she's looking at the car, too. And then the mother goes, excuse me, Pete, excuse me, she says, through my fence. Now, again, when my gate is closed, I'm unavailable. You don't yell, excuse me, over my gate. But nevertheless, I open up the gate, and she says, the car died the battery my daughter left yeah. the battery running can you give us a jump so i said yeah sure oh, wait. now how do you feel about jumps are you uh i don't like jumping okay when she asked you do you mind jumping do you go yeah no problem right away do you rest on that and say how could i get out of this what do you do uh, it depends on the person. If you ask me for a jump, obviously in two seconds. Okay, stranger asking you for a jump. Not into it to the point where how rude is this? I got cables, and I go, <laughs> ah, I would, but I got no cables. And she goes, oh, I have cables. And now I'm like, who'd have thought this fucking Russian bro would have cables? So you, you, so now I gotta bring my car over. And now my problem is she's she's looking at me while I'm setting up, and my cables are on the floor in the back. So now I'm like, if she sees my cables, she'll know I was lying to begin with. So I I hook her up to uh, to get her started. In the meantime, the daughter, the 18-year-old daughter, comes walking over, and the, and, uh, and the mother goes, oh, here's my daughter. Did she wake you last night? She hit the pipe, you know, meaning, you know, the garage. I go, well, not only that, I go, but there was parts of the car on my, on my stoop here, I, you know, little pieces. I just threw them out. I didn't think you want them. And then the girl goes, yeah, I was just so tired. 
I was just, I don't even remember doing it. I mean, I, I remember like I went to touch the slam on the brakes and I accidentally slammed on the gas. And at that moment, I literally go, you know what? Maybe we should switch spots. Yeah. You know? And the mother goes, we'd really like that. We'd rather have that spot anyway. And I go, that's great too because I'd rather not have somebody drive into my living room down the line. <laughs> and she starts laughing. But in my head, I'm like, but lady, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah. You bring a fucking rabbit. You got shit on the roof. You got your kitty litter box up there. And your daughter's running into my building thinking it's cute because yeah. she's fucking attractive. Is she hot? She's not hot. She's attractive. Attractive. There's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? It's like the difference between Tom Cruise's wife in the firm and the woman that he banged on the beach when he cheated on his wife. <laughs> She's the wife in the firm. <laughs> Somebody just asked me for a jump, and, and I have a thing with jumping cars where... I think I'm going to get the other car's disease, whatever the fuck they got. I think it's going to come through the cables and infect my my car. So right. she asked, and I'm like, and it was one of those things where, yeah, I got cables. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And I was acting dumb like I didn't know where my battery was on the car. Like I, I popped up in the head, I don't know where the battery is on these Mercedes. It's just tough to find, you know, and I knew exactly where it was. Just because I didn't want to jump. But then I'm, I felt bad. You know, My girl came out, and she's like, what's going on? I go, I can't find the battery. And she looked at me. I go, oh, yeah, I think this might be it. So. Like, hopefully the woman would have gone, oh, don't worry about it. I'll find someone else that knows where the battery is. Yeah. She ain't going away. No, she she needs to jump. And the yeah. fact that you already stopped and lifted your hood, she went out We're in front of my house. What I'm telling you about, I jumped in front of my building. Um, I hook her up, and I'm letting my Jeep run. <clears throat> And I even say to her, I go, uh, uh, I go, don't start up right away. Let some juice go in there, right? And, and you know, now that's awkward. Now I got to have a conversation with you while I'm jumping while your vehicle. The and then, then the daughter leans over and goes, uh, give it some gas. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not even fucking happy giving you anything. Now you want me to give you more gas? You know. <laughs> and then it's, I love when it starts right up because then you just take the cables yeah. off and you're like, everybody, let's get, get the it. fuck out Shut of here. Shut it down. Shut it down. Get, get out of here before it, fo- <laughs> it, it stops again. Oh, my God. Can you do <clears throat> a Russian accent? No. You can't, you can't imitate the, 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 the mother? Uh, she talks like this. <laughs> That's uh, Italian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All Italians do Italian accents for any 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 other nationality. Can you do uh, Asian? Yeah, like this. Volare. <laughs> oh. Please welcome the legend that is Michael Caine, everybody. We're going to talk a little while about film acting, which I've done a little bit. And once you're in front of that camera, nobody exists. Nobody except the other person in the scene. And what we do, we actors who are in the movie, we hang on to each other's eyes. That's the most important thing in film. Eyes. Eyes. Yeah. Movie acting is relaxation. I got this idea for a show that I've been writing. And I mean, your character, I literally wrote a character. It's you. It's your voice and it's you. Now, 
obviously a zillion things have to happen, including finding a showrunner to take it over before anyone would let me make it. Yeah. But before I go any further trying to make this show, yeah. I don't know that you can act. Yeah. How do you feel? Can you act? Um, it's yet to be proven. Obviously, the 14 years that I've been here and the auditions that I've been on and uh, haven't landed a damn thing, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, but again, man, there's more to it than that. Yeah. You know, there's, there could be someone who is uh, just, you know, all the things involved. But for my thing, I can't keep com- comfortably writing for your character. Yeah. Until I know what you're capable of. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Now, so what, what I <laughs> <laughs> what I got here, Sebastian, I'm reading a Dean Martin autobiography. Yeah. Now, I know your pops used to be a barber. Yeah. All right? Well, he's his hairstylist, but... Hairst- oh, really? If he found out that you called him a barber, there'd be a fight. He, he's so old school Italian, I would think barber is what he'd want to be called more than a hairstyle. No, no. He styles hair. He doesn't uh, trim. Yeah. Barber's trim. This guy works with shears, blowouts, dyes. This guy's going. Did he have his own uh, uh, place? Yeah, it was called Luigi and Salvo Hair Studio. Could have been a pizzeria. <laughs> no, did, did it have the. Uh, the pole out front, the red, white, and blue no, that's pole. No, that's a barber. I this... know it's a barber, but I wanted to see if they still had the pole, because then no. I was going to say they're running a barber shop. No, this was a hair salon you, where you get a, a robe on and you. Well, that's even hair. better, because I found Dean Martin's dad was a barber. And back in the day, being a barber when you came here from Italy was like a really kind of a prestigious gig. And uh, this author of this book about Dean Martin wrote a half a page here on what it meant to be a barber. And I thought, what a better way for me to see what Sebastian's capable of acting-wise mm-hmm. than have him do a cold read about what it means to be a barber, considering your dad kind of was one. The fact that he's yeah, yeah. hairstylist is killing me. But I come from, my, my grandfather was a barber, so hair runs in the family. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's all the underlying. We're going to set the mood. You, you, you look it through for a second. Get comfortable with it. I want to feel. I want to feel that you feel the words that this man is saying about a barbershop. I want to know. Bro, keep in mind, you're trying to sell your own sitcom right yeah, now. Yeah. Someone's going to listen to this podcast. They're going to want to know that you can do this. That they can come in and give you notes five minutes before they start filming the new show. And you can take those notes and do what they're saying. Changing lines last minute. We're going to set the mood just right. All right. You tell me when you're ready, and I'm going to set this up. And when I say action. All right. I'm, going to, I'm just going to dive in. I'm you're going to dive, dive in. in. I'm going to dive in. It's a cold read. It's about a paragraph long, and uh, we'll see what and I got. It's about a barber, and you know, your old man cut hair. So okay. to, to go where you got to go. Okay. This is uh, take one, Sebastian Maniscalco, cold read about what it means to be a barber. A good action. See, you don't even wait yeah, for action. Already, uh, Jesus geez, Christ. I'm already screwing up. <laughs> I'm sorry, you ready? And action. A good barbieri, Gaetano told himself, was his own man. He could set up anywhere. Men the world over had hair. When they lost it, new men took their places. A barber was like a priest. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling oh, anything. Oh, I feel oh, reading. I'm, I'm hearing oh, somebody oh. read. I'm hearing somebody read, but I'm not hearing somebody tell me what it means to be a barber. I want you to get this, bro. I'm rooting for you to get this. All right. 
Sebastian Maniscalco reading what it means to be a barber, take two, and action. A good barbarian, Gaetano told himself, was his own man. He could set up anywhere. Men all over the world had hair. When they lost it, new men took their places. A barber was like a priest. Men came to him wherever they wanted to or not because he made them feel clean. Because he was something that one did. Haircut was a sacrament. A ritual. Communion with God. But with other men. The barber shop served as a church of the true heart where one's sins were celebrated instead of shrived. Where each had his turn at ascending into the cathedral throne where the soft... Man, somebody's word. I can't even... Bro! What are you saying to me, man? You're going to turn around and tell Alan Ball that you don't like his fucking writing? This is Christ. Writing? I can't even pronounce some of the words. (laughs) I need a a dictionary. Where the soft rhythmic sibilance and the click of the shears at the expert draw of the blade through hot leather lulled each in his turn to that state of tr- oh, this is a run on uh, set you Jeez. know what it's been great meeting you yes uh, I'd love to stand up it's... and I hope to see you down the line you gonna be playing Vegas soon because <laughs> I'll be out there with my team of writers on the show that you won't be on and we'll be looking to see some emphasis okay thank you thank that's you for the coming. story of my life and uh, did you read the material <laughs> yeah no I got it do you take acting classes I, I've taken acting classes many a time it's just you can do you yeah, yeah, listen, I, 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 like you, I ain't going into uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman or a, uh, you know, a De Niro. Could you I'm make, not, could I'm you not make, changing into anybody. But it's could, just, give me the lines. Could you cry if you had to? Maybe. Can you try one more time reading it? And it's, I don't, I don't want to hear the Italian in you. Right. Can you do it non-Italian? I'm going to close my eyes. I don't want to pretend I can't tell that you're Italian. A good barber, Gaetano told oh, himself. So forget bro. it. You're so I can't even get rid of it. The Pete Sebastian podcast. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. This is the Pete and Sebastian show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. It's 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 too choppy. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a uh, a good uh, monologue. It's not a monologue. Did I know. you see the, the one of the sentences here? I know. I got I know. It. The barber shop served as a church of the true heart, where one's sins were celebrated instead of shrived, where each had his turn at ascending, ascending the cathedral throne, where the soft. This is one sentence. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, you read it. A barber shop served as a church of the true heart, where one's sins were celebrated instead of shrived, where each had his turn at ascending the cathedral throne where the soft rhythmic sibilance and click of the shears and the expert draw of the blade through hot lather lulled each in his turn to that state of tranquil vanity that lay beyond the grace. A good barber could find this flock in any town. Come croce, come palo. The faithful come to the spiral pole as to the cross. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well done. So, well see, done. and I've never gotten a part either. So, we're doomed. <laughs>
it's easy. If you are knocking yourself out, you're doing it wrong. The Pete and Sebastian Show. All right, guys, look, we all know losing your hair is the worst feeling in the world. Oh, God, I freak out about that, man. I have friends that are so in denial about it, they pretend like it's not happening. Even when they're looking at it in the drain, like it's not going down there. Or their hairline is creeping backwards, but instead of doing anything about it, they think, ah, maybe I'll just get really into hats. Or I'll shave. You ever see? Ah, uh, I can't even get into it. What are you, a swimmer with the shaved head? Forget all that. If you're losing your hair, get real and start a treatment today. 66% of all men, that's a lot, lose their hair or start to lose their hair by age 35. And I promise you're going to look back a year from now and say, I should have listened to Pete and got the hymns. That's H-I-M-S. Forhims.com is your one-stop shop for hair loss. I know it's embarrassing to talk about, so that's why I'm talking about it here. Just go to forhims.com. It's simple, private, and affordable. It's not like it used to be when you had to shell out tons of money and do some experimental nonsense and go see a doctor. Forhims is generic versions of name brand drugs at a fraction of the price. And Forhims is private. No waiting room, man. No doctors. No embarrassing. Your own wife doesn't even have to know that you're doing this to make your hair fuller, man. Just go to the website, you answer a few questions, get a prescription, and boom, it's shipped right to the house. I'm telling you, do it today. Whether you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, it doesn't matter. Now is the time to start. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you lost. Listeners to the cast can get a free trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. Go to 4 slash DJ Lou. That's 4 slash DJ Lou. This would cost you hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor, but at 4 slash DJ Lou, you can change your life and your look for just five bucks. Go to 4 for all the details. What do you have to lose except for your hair, man? See how I lead with every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. John Legend came out to a show in New York, in Gotham. And I knew he was there. And at the end of the show, I, I mentioned John Legend, and I give it up for John Legend. And Fast forward, uh, we were becoming, I don't know, we, Twitter buddies. And we started direct messaging each other. Hey, I'm going to be in Chicago. I said, it's my hometown. I'm be there too. So anyway, we text back and forth. He invites me to his barbecue, 4th of July, going to John Legend's house. Me and my girl are fucking ecstatic. Yeah, man. Going to John Legend's house. He invited me to the house. We go there. Of course, I bring... Uh, Grey Goose, bottle of Grey Goose, which I think is a nice bottle of alcohol. His girlfriend is Chrissy Teigen. She's a um, Sports Illustrated model. You know if you saw her. So I give it to her, and she puts it with a bunch of Grey Goose bottles that are 
on like the, the kitchen table. I'm like, what the fuck? A lot of people brought Grey Goose to this thing. Now the whole party, I'm like, he ain't gonna think I brought anything. Because I gave it to the girl, yeah. and I don't know if the girl's going to say, Sebastian brought some Grey Goose to the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I'd rather give it to him, not that the, I don't like the girl, but, you know, like he invited me, I'd rather give the bottle to him. They both invited me, but it was him that made the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Throughout the party, I find out he is sponsored by Grey Goose. <laughs> this guy gets all the Grey Goose he wants. Right. So the whole party, I'm trying to figure out a way to tell him... One of the bottles of Grey Goose ain't from Grey Goose, from me. <laughs> Holy shit. So dude. we're there at the party, you know, we don't know anybody, me and Lana. We're just, you know, it's one of those things, we're just kind of getting to know people and whatnot. Now, without saying names, were there any other famous people there? Mm, Neil Brennan showed up uh, later on. If, you know, he's another comedian, and that's the only guy I kind of knew... But me, we end up... Oh, Frank Ocean was there. This... Uh, oh, I heard of him. He's yeah, pretty popular yeah, now, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was there. This is about, I don't know, two years ago. So, at the end, it turns out that it's just a small group of people hanging out in, in, the, in the backyard. And I'm in my head, I'm like, I can't believe I outlasted everybody. At the John Legend party. <laughs> you know, we're, we're sitting around, and I even told John, I said, listen, if you need to do anything, you need to leave, I don't want to be that person that doesn't know when to go. You know, like, yeah, at, the, yeah, yeah. At, at the end of a night, when you've been doing a barbecue, sometimes you're like, get the fuck out of the house already. Right. I don't want to be that guy that don't want to leave, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to leave just because I thought this was such a cool moment. It's like a Hollywood moment. I said, listen, if you need to leave, just tell me. I get the hell out of here. I mean, Lana will leave. Just let us know. But well, you, you weren't know. the only two left. No, it was me. Neil was there. A couple of John's friends just kind of hanging. I say there's about seven or eight people. This is a, a party that was about 70 or 80. So now we're down to seven or eight. And uh, I stood up. I go, it's just been killing me the whole night. I said, uh, I brought Grey Goose to the party. I didn't know you were sponsored by Grey Goose, so I just want to let you know one of the Grey Gooses is mine. I don't know if your girl was going to tell you I brought it or whatnot. And after that, he said, uh, you're going to have to leave now. And that was the end of that. Yeah, right. No, no, he, he laughed, but yeah, yeah, but he yeah. did actually tell me, you know, we're going we're gonna to go to bed now. So I was actually kind of... He did have to actually say that on some level. Yeah, jokingly. Joe yeah. Legend kicked you out. Yeah, he's like, you're, you're gonna. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Sleep over, gay? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I think no, but rock star specifically. I and I'm not trying to say this on top of your John Legend story. No, no, no. When I when I started to become, I met Mayor at the Comedy Cellar, which I told you, and he I became friendly with him. We don't even exchange numbers, let alone tweet or anything. But I'd see him at the clubs and stuff. He gave me a contact of his road guy if I would want to go to shows. And he always leaves my wife and I tickets when we want to. And I saw him at the garden, Madison Square Garden, and he comes out and he had this fucking long hair and he's unbelievable on guitar. Okay, at any point while you were in Madison Square Garden watching him perform, did you ever think, I wonder if he's going to go, hey everybody, Pete Corrielli in the show tonight. No, no way. <laughs> My wife called me from a job one day, and she goes, I, do, I was just reading John Mayer's blog, and he mentioned you as one of his favorite comedians on his blog. That's how, 
This is an edit. I'm embarrassed by my career. This is a fucking nightmare. No, you want? I went to his apartment once, and when you're rock and roll like that, I went to May's apartment with uh, another comedian named Sherrod Small, who at the time, him and Mayer were really tight. And John Mayer invites me in to go back, and him and Sherrod, and uh, like Mayer's brother or something. So first thing he does, which I thought was kind of odd, <coughs> was he put on his own music. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this. It was the new album that hadn't, as they say, dropped yet. Yeah, okay. But even if you got an hour special and it hasn't come out yet, I don't think I'd be like, yeah, listen to some of these jokes. You just got to hear this ice cream bit. It's fucking killer. So, and then at the time he had a couple of Grammys. He's won many more since, but he comes out of the back room with the Grammys and they look like old record players. Yeah. And where that little horn is, he put wild turkey in both of them, and he arm and armed it with Sherrod, uh, the other comic, like like you would if you were married and like you know yeah. on your honeymoon toasting. I feel bad because he leaves me tickets, but it was weak. And they drank them arm and arm. They drank out of the the, the, the shots the, out the of the, the Grammys. Grand. And with his free hand, he took a photo of it. And I remember going home with my wife, going, you know, when you do the Letterman show, you get a coffee mug. I got a few of them now, so I go, if Mayor ever comes over, we'll do shots of wild turkey out of my David Letterman coffee mugs. <laughs> so, now here's the crazy part, right? So, you know, his apartment, he just had moved in. It's nice, got a lot of rooms, but it was really just kind of sterile. So, at one point, we're all hanging out in the kitchen, you know, just drinking, pretty much. No drugs, I think I was smoking some pot. So, anyway, he... Uh, he leaves and he's, you know, not in the room for a while. And I go to go to the bathroom and after I'm in the bathroom, I come out and I hear a guitar playing. So I go down the hall and he's in this empty room wailing away on his electric guitar. So I got a Heineken in my hand. So I go and I, I, I sit on a chair by John while he's fucking playing guitar. And I start, you know, I'm drunk. Yeah. So I start trying to sing funny lyrics. I'm like, so I went to the deli to get something, yeah. I never believed in love. And he fucking doesn't stop playing oh, guitar, God. but he whips his head up and gives me a look. Like, you, know, you don't do fucking jokes when I'm playing. Yeah. And I immediately got the message. And I was like, I, get that. <laughs> I just sat back and I just kind of swayed like that and listened to the music. <laughs> oh, God. Because he, had his, he oh, yeah. had his face buried. You couldn't see his face. All you saw his hair was like clapped in in 1975. And he just looks up and fucking gives me this look. And I'm like, whoa, all right. No, no. And then everybody else migrated oh, into the room. His man. brother was there with a couple of his brother's girlfriend and a friend. So there's about six of us. And we're all just kind of standing around in the room and just kind of like bopping to the music. But he's not playing any of his songs. He's just wailing away, jamming. Yeah. Which is great, you know, for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then it leads to 20 minutes oh, to leads to... Shit, and then you gotta feel obligated. You gotta, you well, get, I, eventually I backpedaled out, went to the bathroom and split, man, you know? And I, I, you know, I I go home and Jackie, I'm calling her on the way home on my cell phone. She's like, fucking John May's playing guitar in his room and you just leave? I go, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it was like he was in his own world, man. I mean, he may have been playing... For a long time, he had that like he was. He looked like he was gonna be playing for like a long time. <laughs> and he wasn't singing. If he was singing anything, yeah. even if he was humming, it was just all guitar. I mean, if John Legend invited you over, and when it got to that witching hour where you even were questioning if you should have been there, yeah. And then he just all of a sudden you hear piano and you go in the other room and he's playing away. If he's not singing and he's got his head down, 
you're gonna leave after a certain amount of time, right? To be honest with you, I'd get a nice glass of wine, lay on the couch, and just enjoy it. Oh, man. That's why Vegas never had me back. Goes, I'm fucking wailing away on guitar. I'm arguably the greatest living guitar player, and this guy walks out? Jesus. You're the only one that left? Without yeah. saying goodbye, nothing? Well, you, you snuck I, out of the house? I went down. I, he doesn't have a balcony, surprisingly. Two-time Grammy winner, no balcony? So I had to go all the way downstairs to smoke a butt. And I got down there, and then I was like, ah, I didn't go up there and just slide back in like it was a you know, cello concert or something. <laughs> so <laughs> so when you went in, and he was jamming. Yeah. And I was the first one in there. You started doing uh, oh, fucking yeah. Weird Al Yanko. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, but yeah, I was making my own lyrics off of it, but it was a random thing. And, yeah. and, and he was visibly... white rapping. Physically pissed at all. Oh, bro, I didn't even get through the first sentence to shut that shit down. I think I went like, so I went to the store to get. Yeah. Oh, you just look. With up. a look, no, like, hey, sh- you mind? No, just a bunch of hair whipping back and two eyes piercing. <laughs> Still play. Bro, it would be like smoothing <laughs> Picasso over to my left, going, let me, let me just paint the sun. You work on the tree, Pablo, and I'll do the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I will say this though, and we'll leave it at this. But John Mayer didn't kick me out. I left on my own accord. <laughs> I'm not mad about it, but I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it, but I'm not that mad about it. Got home last night and I started thinking about, <clears throat> you know, what level, where do you feel you're at? And me too, you know? I don't even have my answers for all these as far as who you can and can't take. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put together a list of some people that I'm curious if you think you could take them. Oh, okay. And when I give you the names of them, it's them right now, where they are at life now, unless I say otherwise. You following me? Okay. <clears throat> we'll just do a warm-up. All right. Are you tough, bro? Well, you know my story about fighting. How you never fought. Why? Well, because you're close. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes I feel with you it's one of these things that, but if I have to get my clothes dirty, you're going to really regret it. Is that where we're at with you? Or you don't yeah. seem like a softy at all. No, no. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I am really uh, scared of my own temper. Why? There we go. That's the kind of cockiness I was waiting to hear from you. Yeah. Really? You frighten yourself, Lou Ferrigno, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it, if I ever got into a fight, it could end up in a, in a murder. Really? Yeah, it, it it could get that heavy. And then a quick visit to a clothing store, I'm sure, to get some new duds, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well then, I should say, who do you think you could take? But maybe I should rephrase this. Uh, would would you murder this person or would they beat you up? <laughs> let's, start out, let's start out a little in between here. Do you think right now you could take Kevin Costner? I think he's in his what fifties, late fifties, yeah. easy. Yeah, I think I could take him. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, just on age alone. That's what I'm thinking. Age alone. I mean, yeah, I think I could take him down. Do you think? <clears throat> me too. Me too. Do you think? Uh, here's just a riff. Ashton Kutcher. 
Be a tough brawl. Be a tough brawl. Really? Yeah. Think so? I think he's got he's got my he might have some hidden rage like me. Well, he definitely probably has some training with professional trainers of some sort. Did yeah. he ever do a B movie about boxing? <laughs> let's be honest. That's all he does is B movies. I would win just because I couldn't live with myself getting beat up by him. I can't even grow a full beard. Yeah, but I, I think I, I don't know. I think he could take you. Does he? Have, <laughs> does, does, does he have a project that he's interested in you being a part of? Why are you defending this guy? I'm not defending him. Could I just you, think you think he could take me. I think. N- not on toughness. I think he might know some moves, some weird Navy SEAL shit that he learned on a movie. He's got some like, uh, he's got some extras that you might not have when it comes to uh, maybe brawling. <clears throat> hey, look, man. The more you don't know about me, I guess the better for you from a safety. What's standpoint. your move though? What do, are, do you like to grapple? Are you a ground guy? I, we grab shirts, so like we'll both be like holding each other's shoulders, usually like trying to talk it out, and then. I'll let up a little so you feel like it's you don't have to be so clenched. And then I jerk you down. And then I put my knee in your chest. Oh, and you I go. basically make you look like a fucking... I, I embarrass you without even having to throw a punch. Chuck Norris shit, bro. You go right to the floor, though. You put him right to the floor. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's usually my move. Right. But if I feel like he's got a hold of me and he might throw me down, then I try to break free and do a little shadow boxing mm. if i remember correctly when i was in 17 and got my last fight <laughs> all right i'm a little embarrassed that you say that about kutcher but do you think you could take your own dad in his prime you're your age now and he's in his prime yeah yeah, yeah. you think you could take your father he's six two but he was skinny it would be a good brawl but I don't know. He was broke for most of his adult life, so he'd be pretty angry. Yeah, he's doing well now on the back end. But uh, well, he was an, an uh, he's an architect. Yeah, but you but know, at, at, when his prime was he an architect? Yeah, yeah. But he was like twenty nine years old, thirty years old. Already had three kids. You know, was working his way up the company ladder. A lot of rage in his prime, right there. You know what I mean? Big guy, still got to his quarterback. Oh yeah, no, that's 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 a tough brawl. Yeah, it would if be he's tough. a quarterback and he's an athlete. Um, my father in his prime had a ponytail and was a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think at least I could take your dad in his prime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, thank you, Sebastian. <laughs> Let me put my pom poms down and high five you. <laughs> All right, all right. Do you think you could take Rihanna and Katy Perry, but one of them has a bat and the other one has a fireplace poker, an iron fireplace poker, and you have just your hands? Rihanna, Katy Perry with weapons. I think Rihanna could take me, no weapons. Oh, do you think do you think Rihanna? Who do you think's tougher, Rihanna or Katy Perry? Oh man, no weapons. I'd have to. Well, that's tough. I'd probably say Rihanna, but Katy Perry looks like you know she came from the hottest side of London, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'd lose. I'd lose with yeah. First of all, Katy Perry hits you with that polka. You're gonna grab it with your arm. Then you're gonna knock that little dope out. And as you're hitting it, you're gonna say, "I can't believe you thought Russell Brand was funny." Wow. And then you're going to duck from that bat. This is all edited, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I would actually, I would get hit by the, the fire iron, whatever the hell it is, hit by the bat, and I wouldn't hit back because I don't hit when. Oh, uh, that's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he knocked the little sound box off the thing there. He was so excited with the answer. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, do you think you could take you double teamed but no weapons the Fonz when he was the Fonz and Scott Baio when he was Charles in charge at, at, at the same time at the same time I think Charles in charge he was like 17 maybe 16 year old kid and the Fonz is like <laughs> throw a dollar bill at him I can't even believe we thought he was tough when I was a kid Oh, I thought the I thought the Fonz. Godlike, no, no, yeah, Godlike. God Nobody could beat up the Fonz. He fucking got rid of. He took care of Mork. By the way, has anybody talked about how? <laughs> I mean, if he's dealing with an alien, remember the end of that one? He just fucking <laughs> done. <laughs> Impossible. This has never happened before. Yeah, well, you never ran up against the Fonz before, Bucko. <laughs> Has anybody talked about, maybe this is talked about, how old the Fonz was hanging around high school kids? Has anybody talked about that? No, I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's some guys doing 20 minutes on it in Kentucky and shit, but <laughs> for the most part, no, but I hear you, man. It was, uh... Like I, I, didn't, I didn't think anything of it when I was watching. I just thought there's a grown man hanging around with uh, 16-year-old kids at the local... Yes. It was a brave... And risky casting call. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, Gary Marshall ahead of his fucking time, right? Uh, I don't know. As soon as you start throwing two guys in the in the in the picture, I don't care who they are. It's going to be pretty tough to win a fight. Oh, all right. Well, then here's my next one. Michael J. Fox when he was the kid in Back to the Future and Matthew Broderick when he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, all no, right? that, should, that should wipe the street with both of them. Thank you, yeah. man. We're talking boys here. Yeah. But the Fonz, for some reason, I just think could, could scrap. Well, look, man. That's because you love the show so much, you know? <laughs> I, I will always think Ted Danson as Sam Malone would be a better lover than I ever would, just because I believed in the character. The truth be told, he's probably awful. Whoopi Goldberg dumped him, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> all right, now we're going to go down uh, memory lane here, all right? <clears throat> Do you think you could take any one of, not all at once, but any one of the Bee Gees? When they were the Bee Gees, Saturday Night Fever album. You know, I, I don't even know the names of the Bee Gees. You don't even have to. As you're hitting him, you could say, what's your name, by the way, so I could tell my friends which one I just kicked the shit out of. Uh, at once or, or single? No, just one Bee Gees. Yeah, no, I think I could take the Bee Gees, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't be great. You lean over and go, I know normally you guys work together, but if you want to work individually... It's go time right now. <laughs> Do you think you could take the Bee Gees? I, uh, not, not that tall one, Barry Gibb, with the beard. That guy no. would not. Nah, I think he'd have his way with me. The one that passed away recently, the smallest one, I think I could. I, Barry, I think Barry, I could have had fucking no problem with him. I'm not going to get my ass kicked by a Barry. Uh, and I don't remember the middle one. Hi, I'm Morris. I'm Barry. And I'm the other BG, Robin. 
Now, here's the last one, all right? This isn't pop. This is history. All right. Do you think in his prime, I think it was like 29 or 30, when he was the in charge of the, uh, um, was it French Army, Napoleon? Yeah. Oh my God, that's an edit. Do you think you could have taken in his prime all of five foot four Napoleon Bonaparte? Yeah. I think I could have taken him just on the height alone. I mean, the guy was one of the greatest generals of all time. You know what kind of toughness is involved? We're not talking about some five, four, hundred pound kid that's uh, on the wrestling team in your high school. We're talking Napoleon conquered the world, Bonaparte, put him on an island. He escaped the island. Short, but yeah. ain't no Danny DeVito kid. Yeah. Um, you sticking? When you put it that way, maybe it's going to be a, a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to know the answer to that myself. I don't know. You got a little more stock to you, man. I think you could do better with a shorter guy like that. I think it would be a problem for me. I'm going to say I think he could take me. But I think, uh, I don't know. Depends on how mad you are. You might just be so fascinated that you're hanging out with Napoleon. But overall, <laughs> I think you could get it done, I think. Um... Well, here's one. Do you think you could take Frank Sinatra in his prime? Yes. Wow. Whoa, maybe not. Let me rethink that. <laughs> when, see, you're shaking your head no, Dan, because you believe in the tough guy attitude, man. But yeah, I don't know, man. He's probably... Don't be fooled by the crooner, right? He had a temper. I know yeah. that. I just yeah. don't know if he knew how to fight or he could fight. I could blow up right here, right now, and it would be awkward, man. I mean, I could show well, you. Well, you I did just, it last week. What are you talking about? You had a, an episode here. That was nothing. That was polite banter. Oh, no. It's something when you wanted to leave. Yeah. And you're like, you know, because I didn't text message you on Thanksgiving. I, I, I saw a hint of rage. Oh, you're crazy. No, man, I was tired. It was rage. <laughs> no, it wasn't rage. <laughs> did you see it? You, no, you were outside. Dan. You didn't see it. It was, it, was, it was a rage. I don't even know how we got into this, but this was pretty interesting. I want to just rattle off a couple of last ones, and you just say yes, no, yes, no. All right? I made a list here of all law enforcement slash detectives through the years on telly. All right? Magnum P.I. Yeah. Stosky. No. Hutch. Yeah. You think you could take Magnum? Simon? Or Simon? Barney Miller? Yeah. Columbo? No. Colonel Steve Austin, Lee Majors? Uh, no. MacGyver? Yeah. Any one of the guys on A-Team except B.A.? No. All right. And Bo or Luke Duke? I'll take them both. <laughs> And then you'll drive off with the fucking General Lee, right? Baby girl, Daisy Duke. Oh, God, Daisy Duke. We got to take a break. We can't bring up Daisy Duke and keep going. <laughs> That's a fucking party bit, dude. Straight in the curve. Yeah. in the hills. Someday the mountain might get up, but the law never will. The show has ended. This is all edited, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>